This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hannah Dunleavy's Outside the Box. Hi, welcome to December's Outside the Box. I'm joined as ever by Mick. Peace. Fucking hell. <laughs> and Jen. Hello. That was a very festive greeting, peace. It's a time for peace. Now, I thought Jen would be more excited because tomorrow, which is not tomorrow in your world when you're listening to this because you'll be listening to this on Friday. It will be Tuesday. We are recording it on Monday. That's all unnecessarily complicated. But really what I need to say is Jen and I are going to the premiere of Luther. Oh. Ask me if I'm going. Mickey, are you going? No, 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 no! <laughs> <laughs> but there, my laptop today, I could throw it at a wall. <laughs> there is finally, finally a release date, which is New Year's Day. We wish you a merry victress. We yeah. wish you a merry victress. <laughs> Jen and I are going. We're hoping to grab some time with one Masaku, a friend of the show, who is in this season's Luther. She's already told us that on the podcast, so that's not a spoiler. So that will be in next week's podcast. Hooray! But that is, I suppose, the, some of the big news from the BBC. The other big news is, of course, that they have released all of their Christmas viewing, which I'm just not going to sit here and read it out to people because that's entirely ludicrous. But you can Google it, or I'm sure if you buy a newspaper... Do people newspaper, still buy the Radio Times? Well, there you go. If you buy a newspaper or the Radio yeah. Times, they will have Christmas viewing in it, and you'll be able to see. But highlights from the BBC, I suppose, would be there is a Christmas special of Call the Midwife, which was written by Lisa Holdsworth, I believe, because we, she told us... She did. It was Christmas in July or something. Yeah. There is a new cast member. Call the Midwife does a very fine line in no-nonsense women. There's two of those that you go to in this country automatically. One is Pam Ferris. One is Linda Bassett. They have both already been in mm-hmm. or are in Call the Midwife. They've brought in another one. Anybody fancy a guess on who it is? Jenny Eclair. It's not Jenny Eclair. Alison Stebman. It's not Alison Stebman. It's Miriam Margolis. Oh. oh. She is in, and I believe possibly staying in Call the Midwife, which is good news if you like that sort of thing. There is a Christmas special of Upstart Crow that will be on Christmas yeah. Day. There is also a Christmas special of Young Offenders, which is something I've been meaning to talk about all year and I've never quite fitted it in because it's absolutely bloody lovely, Young Offenders. Is it set in Ireland? BBC Three is set in Cork. I'm not sure that watching the Christmas special is the best way to get into it, because to be honest, it's Christmas special is quite dark, it's quite sentimental. I think that actually it would help if you'd watch the series to then watch this Christmas special. So you've got time. You have got time. I'm not. It's not on the iPlayer, but I'm pretty sure you can buy it somewhere or rent it on Amazon or... Some such, it might be on Netflix. Fancy not having it on the iPlayer when they're doing a Christmas special. Well, maybe it'll go back up yeah. before. But, Seems remiss. But Young Offenders, it came out pretty soon after Derry Girls, but I don't think the comparison is actually with Derry Girls. I think it owes a lot more to Shameless. Like the first two series of Shameless? Yeah. Oh, it's based on an Irish film that did really well. The BBC commissioned it to be a six-part sitcom. I think it was released around the same time 
as this country. It stars two young fellas, which, apologies, I can't remember the name of either of them and I should have written it down, but I've been super busy. But, Mickey, you and I have seen one of them. One of them was in... The Lieutenant of Inishmore. Exactly. And it's... It's proper, it is proper dark. I mean, it's got some silly, laddie, you know, in between us style humour. And they have girlfriends, and, and I think that that's supposed to be the plot if you're a teenager yourself or whatever that you're supposed to be interested in. Me, as a grown up, the plot I find the most interesting is, is that the, the, there's two characters, one of which lives with his mum and his dad has died, one of which lives with his dad and his mum has died, and his dad is not particularly nice to him. Now, the mother dislikes her son's best friend intensely, but also feels very, very sorry for him. And those two have an incredibly, really touching, really made me tear up one episode about how she she doesn't want to help him, but she keeps having to help him because his life is shit and she feels really sorry for him. So there's lots of that sort of stuff. So if you can catch up with Young Offenders, you will be able to watch the Christmas special and enjoy it. I have watched it. It is very good. Also, Roots, which showed earlier in the year, the remake of Roots is up again on the iPlayer if you're interested in watching it at all. And there are two drama series that I've managed to watch some of. One which is Mrs. Wilson, which I know that Jen has Mm -hmm. watched, and one which is Death and Nightingale. So should we start with Mrs. Wilson because Jen has been watching it? The the most interesting thing about this is that Ruth Wilson is playing her actual real-life grandmother in this. I did not know that. It's based on a true story. When her grandfather died in the 1960s, her grandmother discovered that she was not the only Mrs. Wilson, that, in fact, many other women were married to the same man that she had been married to, and he had had lots of other families. Do you know what? I just thought, oh, look, she's called Ruth Wilson. (laughs) She's playing Mrs. Wilson. That's fun, isn't it? No, uh, it says at the start it's based on true story, but, yeah, you perhaps didn't didn't work out that far. What do you think of it? By the time you hear this, the third episode will have been on... I've watched the first two. Um, she, I mean, she's just fucking great, isn't she, Ruth Wilson? She's she's ever so good at acting. Yeah, um, agreed. And um, it's good, and there's and it's got Keely Hawes in it as well. I thought Keely Hawes was absolutely cracking. In really it. good, and I think it's full of like intrigue and like I I am interested to know what is going to happen. Like, yeah. I think I, I have seen all of them because I saw the third one on the preview service. I think perhaps people ought to ready themselves for the fact that because this is a true story, it doesn't tie up quite as neatly as you might hope were okay. it a made-up story because mm. that's that's what life's like, isn't it? Um, particularly since the the centre of the mystery, her grandfather... Is dead. Is dead. Yeah. So. And that generation as well is... I haven't seen it, but that generation is very particular for keeping family secrets because you just didn't talk about stuff. There's stuff in my family that no one well, really knows the answers to. Also exacbating this, he worked at the Foreign Office. Mm. So there's a lot of suggestions that because of the Official Secrets Act, some of the stuff he may have been saying may have actually been true, but is being officially denied. Wow. I will say that I spoke to my mum yesterday. My mum worked in the Foreign Office as a, 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 a teenager, basically, just after she came out of school. And she said to me that the, the the handler that Ruth Wilson goes to see in it was exactly like all women who worked in the Foreign Office when she worked there. And she is played by, is it Fiona Shaw? Is yeah. that her name? And she, and I love her. She's, oh, she's amazing. Mm. I'm enjoying it. You've made me want to watch it. Should yeah. I watch it? Yeah, and if you don't have time to watch it, I would certainly seek out a number of interviews that Ruth Wilson has done on it. 
And not just Ruth Wilson, her brother, who I believe is called Sam, who is a journalist, has also written articles prior to this becoming a drama about the mystery of his grandfather. Death and Nightingales. Anybody managed to get onto that? Okay, so Death and Nightingales is an adaptation of a 1992 novel by Eugene McCabe. It's set in Fermanagh in the 1880s. It's a three-part series. You know when you go and see a video or something on YouTube, you can tell if it's been used in a television series or a film. People tend to write underneath, Stranger Things bought me here. Or Thor Ragnarok bought me here, as if Led Zeppelin alone isn't enough. Well, I have to say, under the words death and nightingales, I'd like to write Matthew Reese bought me here, because Matthew Reese is the only reason I watched this. And having watched it, Matthew Reese is the only reason to watch it. Emmy winner, Matthew Reese. Emmy winner, Matthew Reese. Based on a 1992 novel, and what I have to say is they should have adapted this in 1992, because the world <laughs> has moved on. Remember in the 80s and the 90s, there were lots of what they used to call miniseries that were all based on things by Catherine Cookson yes, or yeah. Daniel Steele. The Cinder right. Path. Yeah. Tilly Trotter goes wild in the woods. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> this absolutely reeks of one of those. Even the font they use is really 80s. Oh, it's just, it starts it with my eyes. someone called Anne Skelly. No offence, Anne, but I hadn't heard of you before this. Jamie Dornan, that famous plank of woods is Jamie Dornan. I'm just stirring it up with the Jamie Dornan fan club again. I know they love me. He's a handsome plank he of woods. Anne Skelly delivers every piece of dialogue like it's part of a speech. And Jamie Dornan, I mean, he's got a hard job because he's up against Matthew Reese and he's up against how fucking gorgeous, seriously gorgeous Northern Ireland looks. I mean, I'm telling you, not There's even... nothing as gorgeous as Jamie Dornan. Uh, Northern Ireland is way more gorgeous to look at than Jamie Dornan, if you ask me. The way he speaks, he's got a Northern Irish accent, right? And he's supposed to be a character that is a bit mysterious. So there's some politics behind him. And there's lots of suggestions that people may be involved in stuff. You know, Sinn Féin, the Irish Brotherhood, things like that. We, we don't know this yet. There's just lots of suggestions that this is happening. Now, most people I know from Northern Ireland could recite their shopping list and make it sound like it's a political statement. Jamie Dornan makes political statements and makes it sound like he's reciting a shopping list. It's called Death and Nightingales, which comes from a quote within it about Keats. They talk about Keats all the time in this. And yet there's nothing about Keats in it. It's like they've gone, oh, let's try and put a theme in. Let's try and put a theme in. Oh, Keats. Keats is interesting. Oh, come on, Hannah. We all talk about Keats let's all the time. I mean, I we're fu- off air. You won't stop banging <laughs> on about Keats. I fucking love Keats. And See? I'm telling you, there's nothing of Keats in that except for the fact they keep saying his fucking name. <laughs> and there's nothing of Northern Irish politics in it except for the fact they keep mentioning it. It's Are they doing a lot of telling, not showing? I cannot. Honestly, I will watch the last one because... In amongst all of this... You love being angry. In amongst all of this, Matthew Reese is just fucking amazing. Like, the screen is basically on fire every time he's on it and the rest of the time. So, I don't know what to say. I heart you, Matthew. Just make better choices. <laughs> just think about what you're doing with your Although, life, actually, Matthew. I say that. He's, like, he won the Emmy this year and he's in a massive series in America. And quite often British actors are lost to America and I, I suppose I'm reassured that he is actually making stuff for the BBC still. That's a good thing. Yeah. That is a good thing. Well done, Matthew. I heart you. Yeah, so that's all with BBC. It's got to be some sort of Doctor Who special, right? I would imagine so. I, I know nothing about Doctor Who, but my guess is that there probably is. But like I say, there'll be loads and loads and loads of stuff. Hello, Jen here. 
All we want for Christmas is for you to follow us on Twitter, please. <laughs> or indeed Instagram. We don't ask much. Or Facebook. like a car. <laughs> or just subscribe to this podcast. That would be lovely. You can find us on Twitter, at Standard Issue UK. Facebook, whatever that is, then Standard Issue Magazine. Facebook.com forward slash Standard Issue Magazine. Cheers, Mick. And on Instagram, we are Standard Issue Podcast. Thank you very much. What's Instagram? Move on to ITV. On Christmas Day, there is a drama (laughs) based on the life of Torval and Dean. Oh, my God, I've seen the advert for that, and I am like, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. I've seen who's in it, and I wish I could remember their names. The fella from Early Doors, the big one with the wife that they're really boring they sit in the pub oh yeah I know you and mean. I wish I knew he's what lovely. his name is and also he's playing Jane Torvis and also and again I can't remember her name she's in Call the Midwife and she's in she was in Shameless she played Monica in Shameless which suggests it might be being played as a comedy yeah, and I've got slightly I've got slightly more hope in, that it, if it's it played as a comedy it would be better than if it's played as a serious oh drama God. they have dined out on that gold medal for too fucking long right <laughs> too long who I know you're from Nottingham and technically you shouldn't be able to do it but who fucking cares do you Come know what on. I'd like to see talking of Nottingham I'd like to see Shane Meadows do the life of Torval and Dean I think that would be amazing <laughs> What a room it? for Torval and Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Dead man's ice skates. I also know in January there's a drama coming with Sheridan Smith, because there always is on ITV, in which she plays a cleaner who gets involved in, uh, like, futures trading. So that looks ITV. Also coming back in January, like the world needs it. Who wants to be a millionaire? Can I phone a friend? Yeah. Who's ho- Is it Tarrant? No, it's Jeremy Clarkson. Oh, fuck, of course it is. <laughs> Jen's microphone just gave up the ghost at that. Just gets sad every it's time. It's Jeremy Clarkson. Obviously, I'm a celebrity is done. Now, Jen, do you have any thoughts on that? You were watching it, weren't you? I lost interest very soon after Noel Edmonds left, okay. if I'm honest. But I would say Harry Redknapp was relatively entertaining. Yeah. He won, didn't yeah, he? I King suppose. of the Jungle. He Harry. did. A couple of things that, I mean, I don't usually, I haven't seen it before previously, I don't usually watch it a lot. The two things that I wanted to say about it is, firstly, I think it points out again that fundamentally Britain, or certainly British people who wrote on uh, reality TV shows are quite racist yes. because all of the people of colour went out quite early oh, again. Blair was there till She was there till... F- but to be honest, she I think... She should have won, really. I think she should have yeah. won because she was absolutely terrific. Mm. And the second thing is, Holly Willoughby was really, really good. I thought they were good together, actually. Uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed their partnership yeah. on screen. All of that talk of... Holly and Deck just doesn't have the same... Oh, Deck the Holly, though. Yeah. Exactly. Goodbye. So out. that, obviously, X Factor's come to a, will be coming to an end. I don't give a fuck when that is. I'm a celebrity's come to the end, so we will have a couple of weeks free. But then in January, starting again, we'll be dancing with ice on ice, through dancing ice. On ice. Dancing like to, on I'd ice. I'd like to see dancing with ice. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like dancing on it's ice. It's fucking I don't amazing. Watch the, these kind of things. The prize is that if you win, you get to do the bolero at the end, fine, which is like, A, that's a shit prize, basically. <laughs> and Jane Torval just looks like she's got Stockholm Syndrome. But they do this thing where they will tell you what the moves are called while they're performing it. And they, like, started off, they were like, and that's the star-spangled monkey spinner. (laughs) That's not not what it's called. And then as the series... Keep that move in the bedroom. As the series went on... 
they just got lazier and lazier and lazier. And then they were like, they just, whatever the name of the song was, they're like, and that's the wannabe lift. I think it's great, honestly. Okay. Big fan. Well, I've got nothing else to say about ITV except that I very recently discovered that there's a programme that exists on ITV. I don't know what its actual name is, but it basically is Paul O'Grady Cuddling Dogs. <laughs> and it is simultaneously. I think it is. The fact that I know this this exists now, I'm going to have to seek it out and watch it at some point because it simultaneously is everything I hate and everything I love about television at the same time. Is he Paul O'Grady or Lily Savage? No, he's Paul O'Grady and he's cuddling dogs. And I think it's between the two Coronation Streets. Is it? uh, (laughs) I turn over and watch EastEnders at that point. Sounds like, you know, the Twitter account We Rate Dogs? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God, Jen, it's amazing. You've got to follow at We Rate Dogs. And people send in pictures of dogs and it goes... Oh, you know, great dog has eaten food it shouldn't have done. Would still pet. 14 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we move on to Netflix? Oh, Haven't had a chance to watch anything on Netflix this month, so it is mostly news. One of which actually came by you. Did Um, I give you some Netflix news? You gave me some Netflix. Netflix news, which was that Daredevil has joined Iron Fist and Luke Cage in the pile of things called cancelled. Marvel rubble. Yeah. Jen looks ambivalent. Not going to lie. <laughs> now, I've not seen Luke Cage and I've not seen Iron Fist and apparently Iron Fist wasn't actually very good. No, I saw The Defenders, which is a mix-up of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And every time Iron Fist was on the screen, I wanted to smack it. <laughs> it's very annoying. But Luke Cage is all right. I didn't watch the series, but I saw him in Jessica Jones and Defenders. Yeah. Well, and he's, to he's be nice honest, to it's, not, it's nothing to do with quality that has caused this. The general belief is that, as we were discussing previously, Disney have acquired the rights to Marvel comics now there is chat of what disney's going to do with that Agreed. what's the gist from the house of mouse well no it's not from the house of mouse but the, the idea that everyone has is that disney is going to start its own streaming channel oh now disney has a long-term commitment to producing material that is family friendly indeed and i don't know about iron fist but i can say for nothing the daredevil is not family friendly uh, no. Luke so Cage these neither. sort of adult superhero things are now come a bit of a curate's egg. In absolutely no way could they be taken over by Disney and continued. They could be. They, Disney could then produce something entirely different that was Daredevil for children, essentially. <laughs> Jessica Jones for children. But currently, as they stand, Jessica Jones is an alcoholic. Yeah. Matt Murdock who is the character that turns into Daredevil, is a Catholic who enjoys being beaten up, really. I think that's the only way you could describe it. Or gets gets his guilt out by being beaten up. None of these things are particularly good for children. What it means for Jessica Jones is I don't know, but bad news, Mickey, is if the the general idea that this is something to do with Disney um, and Marvel, then I think Jessica Jones may go the same way that the others have gone. Pooh bums. Uh, it's my family-friendly <laughs> swearing that I'm practising. But would all of this explain why, when reading about the cancellation of Daredevil, I saw that the hashtag Fuck Off Disney was trending? Oh, that would probably that explain sense. I wasn't that fussed by the last series of Daredevil. I thought it was an improvement on the second. 
it wasn't quite as good as the first. I mean, I won't miss it enormously, but we did have that chat about how they tried things. Mm. And they really tried some experimental stuff like the incredibly long single take shots and I don't know who else is going to be trying that so it it feels disappointing from that point of view because it did feel like they were trying to push some sort of boundary yeah because I think they also trod that very fine line of being true to the comics and keeping that audience engaged and also introducing new people to those characters really well there was enough for new people to come and go oh this is quite interesting I watched the three seasons of Daredevil and very similar to you I've got a lot of bad thoughts about the end of the third one but it got me interested enough without having been a comic book nerd, said with affection. Yeah. And into them forever. Still, freeze Charlie Cox out to do some other stuff. I I like Charlie Cox. I do too. Imagine if there was something that he did some smiling in. Yeah. Imagine that. You know what you should watch? And everyone should watch it while we're on it. Uh, he is in the second and third series of Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk Empire is brilliant. And it's really under underrated and no it's not underrated I think everybody who watches it likes it it's really underwatched and it is absolutely terrific and Charlie Cox in the words of I'm a celebrity smashes it in series two and three okay and the other thing is to say that the well oh god how many times have we said this now the, the two big shows that we're expecting from Netflix at the end of the year Black Mirror and Mindhunter here we are December the 10th is it it is today yeah December the 10th, we are recording this. We are still unaware of when these things are going to be released. I have heard a rumour that Black Mirror can be expected between Christmas and New Year. I think it came out on the 28th of December last time. So okay, that makes maybe sense, people are just basing it on that. Mindhunter, still absolutely no information on when it will be out. We were told it would definitely be out in 2018. There's not much time left in 2018, so it's going to be soon. But they do keep eking or releasing tiny little pieces of information about it. And all of the pieces of information they're releasing are all really exciting. I was excited about Andrew Dominic coming on board to direct it. I think before we talked about how this year one of the criminals involved was going to be Charles Manson. What, in the forthcoming series? In the forthcoming series. That is apparently confirmed, that is true. And Charles Manson will be played by, and this is kind of niche, I'm expecting not everyone to be excited by this, but will be played by Damon Herriman who is an Australian actor who is probably best known for playing the phenomenal Dewey Crow oh, in Justified. Justified. That Dewey is Crow is so good. one of the best comic performances in a drama that I have ever seen. So that is quite exciting. He was also in an episode of Hannibal, and uh, it wasn't very hard to steal the show in episodes of Hannibal, but he totally did. Yeah. So like I say, I haven't had a chance to watch anything on Netflix, but I believe Mickey has. I did. So on the recommendation of Jen and Hannah, I watched a documentary by Rashida Jones or produced by Rashida Jones called Hot Girls Wanted. And that was out, I think it was 2015. Mm. And they have just released a series on Netflix, like a Netflix original series of mini documentaries. They're about 40, 50 minutes each. There's six of them called Hot Girls Wanted, colon, Turned On. And it's still investigating the sex industry and sort of the parameters of that and the second episode is called Love Me Tinder and is all about Tinder and the sixth episode is just phenomenal and heartbreaking and is about social media and kids or certainly very very young adults and it is absolutely well worth a watch I thought it was great it was interesting it made me sad and angry a bit like the original documentary did as well I think it's really important watching I 
immediately emailed Holly Powell Jones to let her know about the sixth one because it is very much about that social media law and how to behave online without getting into trouble. I don't want to give too much away and I know a lot of the topics are fairly contentious and people get very emotional about them but I just think they're incredibly informative without being manipulative and they let you make your own mind up. There's no judgment there, it's just a very, very well done documentary portraying the facts. I watched um, Love Me Tinder on your recommendation. Mm-hmm. It was it was very interesting. It was interesting to see. Well, Some of it's a bit obvious, I guess, but... It is obvious. I think it's almost... We're having conversations around these things, but someone to take the time and speak to different people mm. and for them to... And also you have that thing of they're following... So to take Love Me Tinder as, as the example, they're following this guy and charting his behaviour on Tinder, which is despicable a lot of the time in that kind of but I don't know these girls, so I don't owe them anything. Mm. And they're just faces. And he admits he's sort of got this addiction and he's it's not very healthy. And there's a big sort of moment of realisation in the end. And part of me was like, is that just because there's cameras there? Yeah, mm. There is that, but it did still feel like one of the more honest discussions of that whole lifestyle that I've seen. What so. are the other ones about? There's one about cam girls, which is really interesting. So girls who aren't necessarily getting into porn that is sort of I think they call it boy on girl porn or girl on girl porn but it's them in front of a camera chatting to people and masturbating and having dirty chat and one of the women starts sort of a well starts a relationship with a guy she's been his cam girl for four years and he flies her over to Australia but she's married and he wants to see if there can be another relationship and it's it's really heartbreaking like peeks into these people's lives and why both sides are doing it but like I say it's it's very much without judgment you can totally see why she's doing it you can totally see why he's doing it I think the first episode of Hot Girls Wanted turned on is the most natural follow-up which I guess is why they put it first and it actually talks about feminist porn and whether that is something that can exist and there's two interviews going on concurrently. There's a mother and daughter who were both photographers and the mum was a photographer for Playboy and she was very much the first woman who went and did that and models coming back and saying how differently they were treated when it was a female photographer and her daughter started to do the same but she's now discovering the pressures of online and how that means that no one's paying for it so the budgets are tighter and she's having to become more like the male counterparts that she's trying to be very different to. And the other one is a woman called Erica Lust pretty sure that's not a real name, who is a filmmaker. Otherwise, I mean, great name for it. <laughs> Absolutely. She had no other choice. And she makes porn for women and very much from a, a woman's point of view. And so, because I was interested to see whether that was possible, and this is all very much my opinion, I watched one of Erica Lust's films, and while it did seem much more friendly to the the female eye, to a woman's eye, I still thought it was just really funny still. I still didn't find it very sexy because well, it I... is all just sil- silly and set up. But you could see from the documentary how much more care she takes of her actresses and actors. Erica Lust tends to use an all-female team to do the filming, but she says sometimes she's had to use male ca- like cameramen. Yeah. And um, she said it's interesting in that if a male shooting, the camera will point much more at the women, the the woman, than at the bloke. So you won't get the like, like cock that maybe the woman wants to see. You yeah. just get like the, the woman, and she's very much like she doesn't do the the sort of strangling and the choke hold that you get a lot 
in in porn, which I just don't get. But it, I would say it was five hours of my life, and I felt like I learned stuff. I was really interested. I was very much like, oh, let's see the next one. Let's see the next one. So that's great. Definitely recommend. Thank you, Mick. That only really leaves Sky, and all I've got to say about Sky is Sky recently changed their online viewing method. I say recently, I think it was a couple of months ago, where you, rather than watch it sort of on the internet, you download something onto your laptop, a programme, and you watch it through that. Does that mean you have to have space on your laptop? Well, possibly. Mine's always full. My memory's always full. But what I will say is, if you have it on, and you close your laptop for any reason, when you reopen it, it says, Silverlight has failed, and you have to uninstall it and reinstall it. And quite frankly... That is bullshit. That is bullshit. And therefore, I am not watching stuff on Sky at the minute because I doubt... So there's no other way to watch it? I have found Well, that you can they're... watch it on your television. Oh, right, OK, yeah. You can watch it on not your television. On but the, the app, Sky Go... It's awful. It, it fr- That fucker freezes mm. a lot. And you have to uninstall it. You can't fix it. You have to uninstall it. And then you have to uninstall several other packages that it, it relies on running and then you have to reinstall it. Yeah. And when you settle down to watch something because you've got an hour yep, no and you spend 45 minutes of it fucking around with that, then, of course, that can fuck off. So Get in the sea, Sky. Because yeah. you, can't, you can't just watch it on your internet browser anymore, can no, you? No, yeah. you have to download this Which thing onto insane. your desktop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's my grumble. So all that leaves us is with, oh, we could do a little roundup of what we really liked on TV this year, if people haven't listened to Outside the Box a lot. I told you my memory was full. I don't know that I'm going to be able to access Okay, anything. I've picked four things I thought were absolutely freaking tremendous. And actually, that's two American things, two British things, and they're all on different channels. So I thought that was quite good. Personally, for me, best thing of the year, absolutely, by a country mile, is the deuce. The deuce was amazing. Yep. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely terrific. Uh, Like I've said many times before, you might not like it. I'm not going to guarantee you'll like it, but you should watch it because if you do like it, you're going to think it's amazing. After that, I would say, I mean, I don't like ordering things particularly, but the other things I would like to say is I, I thought Glow continues to be absolutely freaking terrific i'm with you on that one so good yeah i i mean look how far i took it yeah i learned to wrestle i mean i would say for the last however many years bojack horseman has been oh, yeah. the best thing i mean what i should probably say actually is black mirror is clearly one of the the maybe the best thing on uh, netflix but because it gets released in that weird period it gets missed off all of the best tv lists because you know, everyone's written theirs by the time it's released. And then technically, it wasn't that year when you go to write the next year. Mm-hmm. So obviously, like, maybe take Black Mirror out of that. But yeah, I, th- I just think Glow is amazing. Not just for the fact that it's entertaining and it's funny and it tackles serious issues, but because it's about women and because it's diverse and because it's, in a lot of ways, the reasons to praise it are the reasons to praise the early series of Orange is the New Black in the... They're not all white. They're not all thin. They're not all young. Oh, they're not all straight. It's a di- it shows a diversity of women. They're Latino characters. There's there's black characters. There's Asian American characters. Yeah, I think it's terrific. And it has real wrestlers in it. 
It does. And people, women who possibly should be wrestlers like Betty Gilpin. Amazing. Betty Gilpin, absolutely kills in that i'm coming for it though mate yeah <laughs> well my my brother actually like spent a lot of his youth really into wrestling and he continually says to me that betty gilpin could wrestle outside of you know acting if she wanted to that she is terrific i think they get better at it as well because you can tell because in the first series they're all covered in bruises which is which are apparently real bruises because that's what they would have been covered in I so they just leave them in it that but... my elbow still hurt from yeah. one session probably want to sort that out yeah then. yeah massively unusually if I was going to say there was a top three and this would end up at number three and I cannot believe I'm actually saying this because in all my days I have never known ITV chuck out something that's as high quality as Unforgotten I thought Unforgotten was completely amazing actually that's not fair that's not fair because Ali Wainwright's Cotton Bailey is also good and has some really terrific performances in it but Unforgotten is just cracking just seriously cracking that last series when she's just slowly unraveling and then more speedily unraveling yeah. is incredible. Nicola Walker, Sanjeev Bhaskar, cracking work. And Kevin McNally this year was in it was absolutely terrific. Kevin McNally, I reckon, probably come away with a BAFTA from that. I said that about Tom Courtney the first year and I was right. Obviously, there's no point me talking about it because nobody watches it. But The Americans was also tremendous, ended on a real high as we mentioned earlier. The Reese picked up an Emmy for it, which was well-deserved. And on the BBC, I think that this country is and has been terrific. You've watched this country, haven't you? I've watched a bit of it, yeah. It is proper... I mean, all all decent comedy is dark, but this country has some... Interesting darkness. Not it's, and it's not it's not a darkness that comes from from like death or things like that, which a lot of comedy does, or from people crying, for example. You know that's sort of, It comes from this place of that. You know, Kerry in particular, her relationship with her dad, in which he basically does not give a flying fuck about her, and she thinks he is the greatest thing in the world, and everyone around her can see that he doesn't give a fuck about her. It had some proper tragic moments in it this year between her and her dad. And also some just some just ridiculously stupid things like when they got lost in the woods. <laughs> that just made me laugh for such a long time. So yeah, if you want to talk, I suppose the question of the month would be, if you want to talk to me online, what your favourite TV of the year would be. I'm going to chuck in Inside Number 9. Yeah, actually, Inside Number Nine had, I think, the best episode of Inside Number Nine this year. Um, I know people disagree with me. I think it's generally accepted that the Twelve Days of Christine is the greatest episode Mm. of Inside Number Nine. I don't think that's the one with Sheridan Sheridan Smith. Smith. It's brilliant. I actually think was it called Bernie Clifton's dressing room? Yeah, this I think that this year, and for all the praise I was giving Daredevil earlier. It's worth mentioning that um, the inside number nine chaps are also pushing a number of crazy boundaries. They had one episode. I mean, before they've done episodes in single takes, they did that for Psychoville. But also they, they had a live episode this year. They also had an episode that was entirely in iambic pentameter. In the past, they've had an episode in which nobody spoke. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, well done for saying that because I would have forgotten it otherwise. And I'd also... I'm not sure it's my favourite thing, but I think it was an important watch. In my little documentary run, I watched a documentary called The True Cost, and it's all about fast fashion. 
and it sort of changed the way I look at stuff. And I think if telly can do that, then that's pretty important and worth a mention. Yeah, and, and actually, Netflix. having said that, Netflix put out two other really good documentaries this year, Flinttown and Wild Wild, 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 Wild Country, Country, which were both completely fascinating, morbidly fascinating for different reasons. Yeah. Can I shout out something really lowbrow? You certainly can. Is it Mrs. Brown's voice? No, it's not. So this year, Coronation Street brought a new character in who plays... Uh, the character is the grandmother, the the unknown or long-lost or whatever you want to call it, grandmother of Tyrone, long-standing character. And she is played by Maureen Lipman and she is fucking amazing but what i will say about coronation street is that i think that their comedy writing is actually extremely good for a soap opera they're much better than any of the other soap operas and she is basically she's a comedy ish oh character. that's where coronation street is also always yeah. shone with strong women and comic writing and she is fucking amazing and just such a welcome addition okay okay Anyway, so Merry Christmas from uh, from all of us uh, outside the box. Standard issue for all women.